1: Thank you. All right. See, I don't look like Rush Limbaugh. Jeez. That hurt. (laughs) That was a real curveball, and I wasn't prepared for it. Um, I'm Canadian, um, so that's another reason why I can't be Rush Limbaugh, because I can't vote in this country. Um, And uh, My wife is Australian, and we we were in New York City for some, I don't know, eight years, nine years, and then we moved to California a couple years ago, and we live in Palm Springs, and um, it's definitely nicer than Canada. And Canada's freezing cold, and um, and it has a communist dictator. <laughs> okay, a little bit Rush Limbaugh. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> it's crazy. You think, like, it's funny. People are, like, they think that California lockdowns are bad. And, and where I live, it's, it's chill. But, like, a Canadian lockdown? Dude. Oh, they do it. Like, the cops... Firstly, Canadians call the cops on their neighbors, like they're 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 narks, all of them. <laughs> and then on top of that, they just love it. They they love like they love it when they find somebody not obeying the law. And then on top of that, um, the cops like will show up and they'll fine you like seven hundred thousand dollars for like for breaking. It's insane for breaking quarantine. It's nuts. It's nuts in Canada. So just be thankful you're not Canadian. All the smart ones come here. Um, yeah. Here's what it is. So I'm married to Jazzy. Jazzy's Australian. Um, she's, she's awesome. We've been married for seven years. And yeah, it's great. I almost fell off the stage. And um, we've been married And I, I was telling the first service, we're in the seventh year. The seventh year is the year, statistically, that people get divorced. Believe it or not. And um, the reason why it, seven years, some, some sociologists believe, is because uh, it, it, like, after seven years, you can no longer basically, uh, people find out that, like, that's what you're really like, you know? Like, um, as well, human beings are, we, we project onto each other the idealized spouse. So, like, when you're dating, it's all lies. It it actually, it is. Um, Not in the sense that you're lying, in the sense that you're not believing what the other, you're not listening to the other person. And you're thinking, no, I would never marry somebody who doesn't like lasagna. You know what I mean? And for seven years, you're saying, I hate your lasagna. And, And he loves my lasagna. And then, right, in seven years, it finally begins to sink in. And then it's like, you don't like my lasagna, like, who are you? You know what I mean? So we're in that seventh year right now. Where, like, yeah, I I can no longer project. I can no longer manipulate. And I'm realizing that I'm married to Jasmine. And this is not the... Who are you? And she's doing the same thing to me. She's like, who are you? I thought I was married to a musician. And now you're a preaching pastor. Like, what's up with that? You know? And I'm like, well... Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, So... Anyhow, uh, so we're, we're getting to know, getting to know you, yeah. getting to know all about you. That's what we're doing right now, and that's what you're supposed to do in a relationship, right? Like in a relationship, you're supposed to, um, well, this is technically what you're supposed to do in a relationship. And those of you who have been married and you're you know, much older and wiser than I am, you can verify this or whatever. Uh, but apparently what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to listen to people. And what you do is, like, yeah, so you, 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 you allow that other person to self-define, right? Um, and they, they tell you what they're like, what their preferences are, what, what, what they want. And then you, so you listen, right? And you find out <laughs> what you want. And that's literally half of the battle right there is just listening to them. It's really hard. Some of you are like, uh, no, it takes seven years, Okay, and you find out, and then you love them the way that they want to be loved. You just do what they want, right? And the problem is, is like, right? The world revolves around us, so we want to love people the way that we want to be loved, and so, in in relationships, you kind of unlearn all that. And and and, and th- think about it. It's, this is why marriage is so hard. It's for seven years, you're, you're projecting. Then you have to. Be, there has to be a re, a, a, kind of like a re, a come to Jesus moment after seven. Then you're just. We're just starting to get. We're just now just building on solid ground. Yeah. You know I mean? It's crazy, dude. So we're doing that, and I'm trying to pay attention to my wife, and 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 find out, you know, like what she likes. Um, <laughs> Which I thought I was doing, but I, I wasn't doing, I guess, all that good of a job, you know, because statistically or whatever. So, um, so, <laughs> so, so so, I said I'm a Canadian, so in Canada, we don't eat toast, okay? Like, you eat toast at home, but you never go outside of your home and order toast, because that's stupid, <laughs> right? In Canada, if you, the only time you'd ever see this is if you, if you get breakfast, right? But you eat the important stuff first, and then if you're still hungry... You eat the toast. But generally, you wipe your face with the toast and you throw it on the ground (laughs) because it's trash, right? Like, who eats toast? In Australia, they eat toast. It's the main thing. They put avocado on it and charge you $25 for it. (laughs) And they gladly pay it, right? And so that's one of the things where I've had to learn, right? Like, Jasmine likes (laughs) sourdough. Sourdough toast, right? So... This is if, when I go to the grocery store, I'm not thinking sourdough toast and and avocados. Like, that's ridiculous. No. I'm a Canadian. I don't eat that trash. (laughs) Right? But I love Jasmine. And Jasmine loves that stuff. So I'm having to, like, relearn. You hear me, right? And so I'm paying attention. And I know that, like, if I want to get on her good side, or I just want to love her and be, like, a good person in this relationship where I'm supposed to find out what she likes and do it. Right? And show her that my heart is in this. Hey, babe, I'm in this thing. Right? You get the avocado and you get the sourdough and you come home and you're a, you're a winner, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, finding, paying attention to the things that she likes to drink. She, she, right now she's into cab savs, okay? It was, it was Pinot Noir some time ago and now it's cab savs. She's into cab savs. And uh, we live in California, and right? Like, yeah. if you're in California, you drink a cab sav. I don't drink because I'm a Christian, right? But like... <laughs> I'm praying for her, (laughs) okay? Pray for me while I'm praying for her. There are demons to be cast out. My my wife loves Cabs I I don't drink wine, okay? Like, I I like super sugary cocktails. And like, I'm into this Budweiser Nitro right now. I don't know, it's embarrassing. I'm sorry, right? You thought I was all sophisticated. I'm not, I'm a loser that drinks Budweiser. (laughs) Um, but you know what I mean. So, so I, that's if I'm coming home, I'm bringing the you know like the the goodies for like some sort of sugary cocktail or whatever, or you know, and not that she wouldn't go for actually those as well because she's Australian and they drink everything. But this doesn't this does not paint a good picture of us, does it? <laughs> but if I know that if I bring home a nice cab, sab, like she's, she's 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 that's what she's into, right? So I, I want to know what she's into every right? Like, okay, what are you into now? Okay, okay, let's, because I love you. I want to show you that I'm in this, and I'm paying it you me. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't begrudge my wife her preferences, right? Like, I may not understand them, Mom. right? But I don't begrudge. Wouldn't you agree that it's, people have preferences, yeah. and you shouldn't begrudge people for having preferences, yeah. right? You, you with me on that? Okay. God is a person He's not an impersonal cosmic force. And as a person, he has preferences. And and you're in relationship with him. And that's the hard part. It would be so much easier if you were in a religion with him. But it's, it's a bit more complex than that. Because in a relationship... The person self-defines. You have to find out what they like. That's why we have the scriptures, by the way. The scriptures are God's self-definition. Oh, right? right? Like, you ever notice, like, some, a lot of people are like, well, you know, I could never serve a God like that. Well, you're serving yourself at that point. Yeah. But you're not wanting to find out what he's like. You've just determined what God should be like. And, oh, wow, it agrees with everything that you think it should be. So it's yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? As a Christian, as somebody who's in a relationship with God, I'm supposed to read His self-definition. Of course, there's the Scriptures, because nobody likes to be projected upon. Imagine if I like, you know, started to t- talking to. What's your name? Camilla. Camilla. You, you know, your name is Ruth, and you love bananas and ketchup. You know what I mean? You don't do that to people. Like people hate being misunderstood, right? People want to be known. Right. If I want to get to know Camille, I'd ask you ask her name, and ask her what she likes to eat, and what movies do you like. Right. In a relationship with somebody, if you want to get to know them, you, you take the time. The, the scriptures are God's self-definition. It's a self-revelation, and anybody in relationship with Him needs to find out what He's like, Good. what He likes, and then give Him the cab salve. Yeah. Yeah. That's Christian worship in a nutshell. That's what we're going to talk about today. Giving God the sourdough. All right? is Is that cool? All right. I'm going to just pray, and then we're going to look at a bunch of scriptures because we need to find out what God likes, right? All right, here we go. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you that we get to know you. That's amazing. God, thank you that we're in relationship with you. And Lord, would you teach us more about you today so that we can love you the way that you want to be loved. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. Yeah, that relationship-religion thing is, is pretty funny because I've always found that people who pit religion against relationship are often trying to get away with something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not in a religion. I'm in a relationship. What are you saying? Well, I don't have to follow a bunch of rules. Dude, have you ever been in a relationship with a woman? Yeah. You don't know what a relationship is. That's why your relationships keep not working. Because you're doing whatever you want. You hear me? A relationship has boundaries, yo. Are you kidding me? Just saying. I'll, I'll, I'll take a religion any day over a relationship. A relationship is hard work. Man. Come that hurt. Just, just got called Rush Limbaugh again. Okay, let's move on. Let's let's get some scripture up here. Okay, <laughs> first passage of scripture. We're going to look at Psalm 141. In a Psalm 100, in Psalm 141, David is um, in the wilderness. He wants to be in Jerusalem, where the house of God is, and he wants to um, because he he he's convinced that hey man, that's that's where the ark is. Remember the ark of the covenant. Remember that? It's like this golden box that you have to carry. Remember in Indiana Jones, they open it and all the Nazis' faces melt off? Yeah. <laughs> that that Ark of the Covenant. Okay. So, for a season of time, that Ark of the Covenant was God's presence on earth. And so, God kind of had this whole layout, this tabernacle, and... and um, so David's wanting to be there because that's where God's presence is, because David loves the Lord, but he can't be there right now because this guy named Saul is trying to kill him, and he's in the wilderness, so he's praying here. And, and he says this, Lord, let my prayer be counted as incense before you. And, and David is, is thinking about the tabernacle because the tabernacle is where he loves to be. And so he begins to pray sort of through the furniture of the tabernacle. So just outside of... So God had this green room in the tabernacle. It was called the Holy of Holies, and there was this giant, like, curtain... That separated the holy of holies, where God hung out, from the rest of the tabernacle, and just outside of that curtain was this this little um, this little table, and on that table uh, was a bowl of incense uh, the, that the priests were to keep incense perpetually burning, and it was literally right outside of of God's you know little little green room there, okay, and and in heaven it's exactly the same thing. So the way that the furniture is set up, the tabernacle is exactly God's throne room. There's this incense that's burning. It's actually the prayers of the saints and it's burning right now. When you pray, that, that those prayers of the saints come up into the Lord's nostrils and he smells it and that's delicious and he answers those prayers. Okay, so, so so David, but David didn't know that. He's kind of praying prophetically. The Spirit is obviously inspiring him to write the scripture and so he just goes, Lord, I can't be in Jerusalem right now, but when I pray, could it be like that incense that's right outside of your green room? Because that's how close I want to be to you. Wow. And God's going, yes, in, in fact, it actually is, right? We know this, obviously, from the book of Revelation. Uh, and then David says, and God, Lord, w- you know, would the lifting up of my hands be as the evening sacrifice? Lord, w- would that be? Uh, the, the title of this talk, if you're taking notes, is Yod with Kabod. Yod with Kabod, Y-A-D. Y-A-D. There it is. You see it? It's just like that. Okay, great. Two Hebrew terms means nothing to you right now. That's fine, but we'll hopefully we'll we'll understand it at the end. So, so uh, the lifting of my hands. The Hebrew word for hand is yod. If you got a hand, could you just show me your hand for a second? It's okay, little audience participation moment here. Just hold it there for a second, and then what I'd like you to do is just shake your yod like that. That is shake the yod. That's brilliant. Okay, you can put those yods down. So to 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 wave the yod is to yada. Yada, exactly. And that's the Hebrew word for praise. You've heard the term yadah before, but not in its uh, Hebrew, just in the English transliteration, which is Judah. Um, Judah is, is a, it's a name, but it literally means praise. And to wave the hand means to pray in, in, in the Hebrew. Okay. So let's put that, that verse back up. So he's going, God, I can't be there. I want to give you the kapsav that you've asked for. See, because God loves these sacrifices. Right? He's asked for those. That's what he's asked for, right? You're in a relationship with me? Great. I want you to bring this. I don't want you to show up empty-handed when you come to the tabernacle. I want you to bring this certain stuff, right? And he's going, God, I'm in this relationship, and I want to show you that I'm in this thing because I love you, but I can't be there right now. Could I do this? Could I lift my yod to you? And that would be something that is akin to, that, that would please you. That would bless your heart. And God goes, yes. Yes, it does. Check this out this next verse so in Hebrews chapter 13, and this happens a ton in the New Testament the, 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 the author of the New Testament will just pull like copy and paste from the Old Testament and drop a verse in and go, hey, this is some of the biblical precedent for why we do what we do yeah. right I don't know about you but I've been I'm a church kid my dad's a pastor I've been coming to church for I don't know as long as I, you know I've, I've been alive um, and I've often forgot why I'm in church. You know, like, why is it, why do we do what we do? Why do we lift our hands? You know what I mean? Like, why? Is it because people do that at a soccer game or something? Um, Or, you know, do we sing because karaoke is fun? Like, why is it that we're doing what we're doing? And we should obviously know what we're doing, right? But uh, even in repetition, you can kind of lose what you're, have you ever, like, been reading I remember when I was a kid, I used to read, and like I'd hit a word. I'd been reading for so long, and I'd hit a word like "the," and I'd just be like "the, the, the." What does "the" even mean, right? Like <laughs> that can happen in church. And so, so what happens is this—it's kind of a microcosm of this message. And so, so in he, in Hebrews thirteen, the writer goes, "Okay, guys, so." he's been talking about how Jesus is better than everything. And so he says, so through Jesus then, let's continually offer up a sacrifice of yada to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. As in like, hey, let's let's lift the hands. Uh, Most scholars believe that that the book of Hebrews was actually written in Hebrew and then it was translated into Greek. So it would read exactly the way Psalm 141 would have, like the, the, the idea of a sacrifice of praise comes right from Psalm 141, right? So let's do that. He's writing to the New Testament church. So hey, like let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the, fr- the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. As in, there's like, there's the lips and there's there's the hands. Yeah. At, at every, at every, at, When these go up, the, the lips start moving. Does that make sense? And that's the sacrifice that God's going to... He's going to love that. That's his cab salve. He's into it. He's asking for it. Don't question it. You know, just, just, just be about it. Because you're in a relationship with him, and you want to show him that you're in a relationship. You want to give him the cab salve, right? Okay. Now, um... And then the, the, next, the next part of it says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Just one second. So some of you might be like, hey, sacrifices, that's, that makes me a little nervous. Like, are we going to sacrifice something or someone today? <laughs> not in this service. The one before we did sacrifice a cat. Uh, it got a little messy, so we're not going to do that. Kidding. Um some Christians are confused about sacrifice in Scripture, particularly, you know, New Testament. Because people are like, well, what about grace? Like, Jesus died, so we don't have to sacrifice anymore. Actually, no. Um, so, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is the once and for all unique sacrifice offered for sin. Okay? So, you don't have to sacrifice to have your sins forgiven anymore. That's, that's once and for all. That's done. Right? But there are sacrifices yet to be done because you're a priest... Um, and let and, I me mean, just read the New Testament. The New Testament is rife with the term sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and, and yes, God expects you to, to do some sacrifices, not for his favor, but actually from his favor. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because you're in Jesus, but see, grace isn't opposed to works. It's opposed to merit. Right, so sometimes we misunderstand grace. Like, well, I don't have to sacrifice anymore. You know, that doesn't please God. Well, actually, it does. So we just read that verse, right? Like we just read Hebrews thirteen, and it says that it's a, it, a spiritual sacrifice. In fact, just watch this, uh, one Peter two five. Um, this is another one that shows it does. It does sacrifice. It does please the Lord. You can please the Lord, and grace actually empowers you to please the Lord, to do things that please Him. You're hearing me? Uh, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy. Priesthood. To be a holy. Priesthood. Yeah, turn to your neighbor and say, You're a priest. You're a priest. Yeah, this is, this is getting strange and wonderful. And what do priests do? To offer spiritual sacrifices. Acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Right. But what kind of sacrifice? Spiritual sacrifices. Accept. Acceptable. Right. As in. There's some spiritual sacrifices that God hasn't asked for and doesn't want. Yeah. As in, yeah, I didn't ask for that. I'm not really into that. I'm not into Pinot Noir. It smells like rubber and it tastes like dirt. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, haven't haven't asked for it. I just, like, oh, I worship the Lord in my heart. Yeah, he hasn't asked for that. He's asked for you to give, lift the hands, too. Yeah. I worship in my own way. That's nice, but you're not worshiping God. Yeah. Because he's asked this. You, you've created a God, and you're offering those sacrifices to that God that you've created. But the God of the Bible has asked for very specific things. And it's not your job to go, well, this is what I will and will not do. No, you're in relationship with him. And in a relationship, you listen to what they want, and then you give them what they want because you love them. You hear me? See, this, is, this will challenge some of us today, but this is the God of the Bible. Now, by the way, you're the beneficiary of this. Yeah. Oh, dude, you, have, you, have, you so benefit. God has done everything for you. Now, he's not asking you to, okay, you need to sacrifice, and then I will only be happy. That's not how it works. It's just realizing what you're called to. Because the thing is, you're saved, but you're called to something. Yeah. Okay, you're called to be a priest. That's what we just read, right? Like, you're a holy priesthood. And what do priests do? They minister to the Lord and they minister to others. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the challenge that we come into church on a Sunday morning and the culture leaks into the, the church. Mom. So what I mean by that is, for example, you're at, we, we go to Applebee's after this, okay? And we all order the, every app known to mankind, right? <laughs> and then we, like, the, the, you know, some of them come cold, you know, so then you like, ah, uh, you know, out of, you, you, you get out your Yelp review and you're like, eh, two stars, you know? Uh, and then you go, hey, you know, can you box that up? And the lady is super slow and you never get your check and it takes like 45 minutes and she was rude, you know, like zero stars, right? And you, everywhere we go, we're Yelp reviewing because that's how our society works and that's actually okay because you vote with your dollars and you should expect some reasonably good service, et cetera. But when we come into church, see, you're not a consumer. Right? Um, but, 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 but the problem is because we forget who we are, yeah. a priest, and why we're here to minister to the Lord and others, we go into consumer mode because we're consumers everywhere else, and then we begin to Yelp review everything. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know, who the, I don't like this guy's hat. I'd like Troy to speak. Zero stars. Sorry, Freedom House. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't sing Good Good Father today, it's my favorite song. Zero stars again. Figure it out. Um, and and right and we're just, we're Yelp reviewing and 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 the, the we used to sing this song um, at my when I was growing up. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. Worst song ever. We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house. Hey of the Lord, and we offer up to you. Oh yeah sacrifices of thanksgiving. Okay, worst song ever, best theology. Right? Because we were singing, we're doing our job at church. Our job is to do this. You know, like, (laughs) we knew what we were doing. You know what I mean? And and that's the church that, that God wants. God wants a church that knows who they are. Right? God, I'm here for you. I'm here to, to minister to you. Because that's what priests do. Priests minister to the Lord, and they minister to one another. And paradoxically, they are refreshed. Because he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And obviously, you're in the presence of the Lord. You know, of course, you're going to be refreshed. But your job isn't me, 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 and eat, 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 eat. And well, <laughs> I don't like this sermon. Nah. You know, like, that's, not, that's not how church works. You're on duty when you come in here. You're a priest, so do your job. And and we need, honestly, we need to repent. I have to repent every time I come to church because the consumeristic Nathan, he comes in with me. And I have to nail him to the cross in the first song. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not liking this song. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm here for you. I'm here to minister to you today. So, Lord, I just set my affection on you. My attention is on you today, God. Lord, I'm here to to worship you. It's not about me today. So, oh, I might be bothered by this person or this or that. That doesn't matter. I'm here to minister to you. God, you're my priority. The first mission of the church is to worship God. The church exists. The first reason why the church exists is to worship God. Not for any other reason above that one. Everything flows from that. Justice and all those good things, those are important. But the, first, the reason why we exist is to worship Him. And we got to get that one first. Or else we start, in fact, it gets really bad. 1 Corinthians 11. That's a scary passage. We're not going to go there, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the people who ate at the table of the Lord in an unworthy manner? And what was happening in Corinth, people were getting drunk and eating all the food and thinking that church was all about them. Wow. Yeah, read 1 Corinthians 11 when you go home. It's really freaky. That's what happens to people who think that, you know, me, 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 yeah. me. I, I just wasn't getting fed at that church. Oh. Dude, are you kidding me? You, like, you weren't, you weren't it, that wasn't the point. The point was to minister to the Lord. Wow. <laughs> right? Eat at home. 1 Corinthians 11. That's what Paul says. Right? Eat at home. Oh, you you hungry? You want to drink? Then drink at home. You, you're not getting enough food? Just go on YouTube. Right? But when you come when you come together, we are here to minister to the Lord. Okay. I'm going way over time on that point. But we needed to go there. Okay. <laughs> Applebee's can wait. Exactly. Those Those horrible appetizers ain't going nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next point. So so my first point is God wants Yod. So give him Yod. He wants hands, okay? So just just give it to him. Okay, do your job. Give him the hands. Okay, next verse, Psalm 57. Psalm 57, verses 7 to 11. And David is sitting here and he goes, God, my heart is steadfast. Um, I want to sing and make melody, and then he begins to talk to himself, and he goes, Awake my glory. The Hebrew word for glory is kabod, and kabod means wait. So David's talking to himself. He's going, Awake my glory, as in God. I'm going to worship you, but I want the best part of me to come along with me. And then he explains it. Awake, oh harp and lyre. David was an incredible musician, like he was the Jimi Hendrix of Hebrew musicians. Do you know what I'm saying? And we have his discography, which is the Psalms. And like he was known for it. And when he'd play, demons would flee. The guy was insane, right? So that was his glory. That was his kabod. Everybody has a kabod. Everybody has a weight. Your kabod um, is what you're known for. It's the highest flower of your being. It's your dialed-inness. It's your spark. Um, it's why people know you. Uh, it's why somebody would call you on the phone and ask for advice, uh, for wisdom. It's it's it's. Wisdom and knowledge, and good things about you that God has given you, by the way. Um, and you're known for those things. Uh, Kabat is also your dialed inness. Um, uh, there's, there's, there, I was at a Christmas party a couple years ago, um, and a staff Christmas party with a girl who was super administrative at our church, and, and she didn't look, she was not the kind of person that looked like she could dance, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like just kind of an office worker type, you know, like. <laughs> and. Um, and so her song comes on. She starts dancing. It was the ugliest thing I'd ever seen in my life. but It was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen, right? Because she's like, she's not, that's not her thing, but it, but she turned up. Do you know what I'm saying? And there's something beautiful when somebody just turns up, right? It's like they don't, they're not even necessarily good at it, but they're all in. That's kabod. It's your weight. Like you're, you're, you're in this thing. Um, your kabod is the reason, fellas. Why it's your attention. It's the reason why, why your your wife fell in love with you, right? Like, and your, you know your first date, and you're and you're, you know, sh- styled in. Don't want to miss a thing. You know. <laughs> One of the ways that I love my wife is by listening to her psychotic dreams. So she, <laughs> for real, she has crazy dreams, and she always wants to tell me about them, and. Sometimes it's pretty difficult to listen to because I'm always in trouble in her dreams. You know, like <laughs> I'll wake up in the morning already in trouble for that day. You know, like, you weren't talking to me at a party last night. I'm like, I was right here. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so we'll be we'll be driving, and I'll be like, hey, you know, like uh, tell me about your dream today. You know, and she'll be like, so the velociraptor was chasing me in Jurassic Park, and I'll be like, you know, and I'm trying to be a good husband, right? So showing interest and making eye contact and. What happened next? <laughs> you know, and then she'll be like, then a Tyrannosaurus Rex came out and started eating the around." You know, it's like, and tr- she's trailing off, talking about this crazy, and I'm like trying to keep us alive. Uh-huh. You know, uh, uh, you know, and, but then I'll, right, I'll dial out. And then she'll be like, Nathan, you always does. <laughs> God is like a woman. God is like a woman. He knows when you're not there. Wow. Yeah. See, God wants kabod. Or sorry, he wants yod, but he wants yod with kabod. That's point number two. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for the cab, Sab. I did ask for that, but I also want your kabod. I want your weight, dude. I want, I want you to be here. I want you to be present. You can be in worship, and you can be given the yod, and there's no kabod. You hearing me? See, and, and it's, it's, it's your whole life. It's your everything, right? Like, joint bank accounts, baby. That's terrifying. My wife has access to every part of me. And that's what a relationship looks like. And God wants access to all of you, too. Right? The best of you. Your attention... Some of you. Here's an example. So sometimes there can be disconnection between our yad and our kabod. So, uh, particularly in worship, and, and worship isn't just singing songs; it's everything. And so, so for example, maybe you have a gift. Uh, maybe your kabod is encouragement, and you're articulate. And if I asked you to go and encourage somebody, you could go and encourage them. You encourage the hell out of them. And all the demons flee. You know, like and. But but in worship, you know, or maybe in your prayer life, in your devotional life, it's like. There's a disconnect. And God's going, hey, talk, talk about me. You hearing me? Maybe God's given you a gift of strategy and you're entrepreneurial and you know how to make money. But there's a disconnect. You hearing me? In, you know, like, okay, I'm giving yod, but there's no kapod. But in the, that, your giving reflects the best of your life. You hearing me? Whatever your gifting is, God wants all of you. God wants Yad, but he wants Yod with Kabod. Point number three. Then we're going to close this bad boy down. When you give God Yod with Kabod, as in you know, the hands and, and, and worship, things that he's asked for, with everything that's in you, and there's nothing that's disconnected, you get God with Kabod. Wow. Because see, God has a glory, and God has a weight, and he likes to bring it and show up. But he doesn't do it when people are mailing it in. I'll give you a great example. Um, In my relationship with my wife, when I bring the cab sav, and I bring the dialed and the spark, I get Jasmine's kebab. Hello. (laughs) That's how that works. Right? You hear me? Like intimacy begets intimacy. Okay, look at this, James chapter four. (laughs) Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. I said, like, yeah, God's He's omnipresent, but His glory isn't. And there's so many people who don't experience His glory because they're mailing it in. And God will be faithful to not show up to that. He is so faithful to not show up when you mail it in because He's faithful. And he and he knows when he's he's you hearing me, and he wants relationship, and he's already saved you, and he's done all kinds of things for you. But if you don't want him around, he's not going to show up in those ways. You hearing me? So obviously, we that's why we pray prayers like Holy Spirit, would you just cause you know let me hunger for Jesus, and Holy Spirit, would you stir fresh things in me? And you know, you hearing me because we need the help of the Holy Spirit. To desire the things of God, obviously, right? And God literally will help you do that. But there are people who just, you don't want to find out. You have no hunger and thirst for the, the scriptures. You have no desire for worship, you know? And maybe some of the reason is because that you're, being, you're feeding from another well, right? This is why we do things like prayer and fasting and doing the shred and, you know, spiritual disciplines so that we begin to stir up that well, Right, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your God, you sinners, and purify your kabod, you double-minded. As in, give them to the Lord. How do I cleanse my hands? By giving them. What is given is sanctified. Amen. As in, God, my hands have been building me for my whole life. And, Lord, I want to give them to you. My talent, my hands represent my work, my time, my talent, my focus. Lord, I'm giving them to you. They're holy hands, when they're lifted, they're holy hands. And purify your hearts. God, my heart and my, my focus, the things that I've desired, etc. Um, that's been all, it's all, it's all about me. And I'm giving these things to you. And end with this, there's this principle in the Old Testament um, that God is faithful to show up to altars where people built the altar the way he wanted. And he's, he's faithful to not show up when people mailed it in. The, the, the principle is just this, that uh, every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response every acceptable sacrifice has a divine response so when i come into church what does this mean for you sitting in the pew right it means that when you come into church and you lift your hands that's an acceptable sacrifice and it will see a divine response that's what that means honestly i i can't wait to lift my hands in church now because because and here's the deal god's god's not looking for perfection he's just he's looking it's like my wife she's not looking for perfection she knows that's impossible she's looking for a pulse do you know what i mean are you are you there you know what i'm saying like and when we, when we begin to just lean in to heaven, like that's, and that's what church is for me now. It's just like, Lord, I'm, I'm here. I, I'm on duty. I'm not here for me. I'm a priest. And this is what you've asked for. And so, Lord, I'm living this. This is, as a, it's, this is an acceptable sacrifice because you've asked for it. And, Lord, my heart is here. I, I, I gave some money today, God, because you've asked for that too, Hebrews 13. Share what you have and do good and with such sacrifices. God is well pleased. So, Lord, I'm, I'm giving. And my money represents my, my work. It represents my heart, my the sweat of my brow. And it represents my kabod. and 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 God, I'm giving you focus too. And I know that as I do that, every acceptable sacrifice has a response from heaven. That the, the fire is coming. I don't know where it's coming, but fire from heaven's coming. I don't know when it's coming, but I know that there's going to be a divine response because God is pleased. See, now I have a confidence. I have a confidence when I lift my hands. God, I, I know that this is blessing your heart. And, I'm dr- and as I'm drawing near to you, you're drawing near to me. God, thank you for the promise of your presence today. God, thank you that you answer with fire. You hear me? I, I, I want more of God's glory in my life. So I would encourage you to worship with boldness. Knowing that you're giving him what he wants. And knowing that you're going to experience his presence and his glory in a powerful way. Why don't you stand up with me? You know, the, the truth is that Jesus is, is the glory of God, his presence is the glory of God. And the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody deserves Jesus, but we all need him. Everybody's a sinner. Everybody has gone their own way. We're all rebels. We're not like kids who've like gotten lost in the woods. We're kids that like ate our parents. (laughs) Right? I'm cute. No, you're not. Oh, no, no, no. Trust me, you're ugly to God. There's nothing cute about you. You're you're a rebel. Right? But God, because He's so merciful, loves you and he wants to restore you and, and, and be in relationship with you and so he sent his son Jesus and it's the most incredible thing I don't know why he did that Jesus suffered for us died for us and, and suffered so that we could be in, to, to basically to pay the price for you eating the parents right. being a sinner and being rebellious we all, have, we all know our rebellion we know it we're broken you know. God knows it too but Jesus came. God so loved you. And if you believe in Jesus, the Bible says, if you just believe in him, because Jesus knows that he knows what you're made of. And God takes pity on you. And so God just says, how about this? How about I do all the work on, like, for your sin? And if you just believe that I did this for you, I'll account that as righteousness. That is a sweet deal. If you want to be in relationship with Father, so so some of you are kind of like, well, I would do this church Christian thing if I, like, once I get my life together. And the problem with that is you'll you'll probably never get your life together. (laughs) You know, the gospel isn't for people who get their life together. That's why churches suck, because they're full of people and people suck. (laughs) You know, right, it's just a reality. You know what I mean? What's the problem with Freedom House? You're here. Everywhere you go, that will be a bad church. (laughs) Right? Everywhere I go, it'll be a bad church. Right? Because I need Jesus. So the cool thing, that's the gospel in a nutshell. Is that God just loves you so much that he sent Jesus. And if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's what God asks you. He just says, hey, I want you to believe that Jesus is, is who he says he is and that he he was raised from the dead, if you'll believe that, you will be saved. In a moment, we're going to all pray a prayer together. I'm going to say a little bit, and then you can just repeat after me. And if you pray this prayer with faith, that saves you. We're just going to do that confession part together. Um, And if you pray this prayer, what I'd like you to do is tell somebody, that you've prayed this prayer, okay? But we're going to all do this together. Here we go. So just repeat after me with some, a little bit of energy, a little bit of enthusiasm, pre-Super Bowl Sunday. Okay, guys? Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I need you. I, need you. I, am sinner, I am a sinner. And I need your grace. I need your grace. Save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. I, believe in my heart, I believe in my heart. And I confess with my mouth, I with my mouth that, you are that you are who you say you are. thank you, Jesus, Jesus, for your mercy mercy and your grace. grace. Give me power power to be be who you've called me to be. be.
0: I believe believe that the best best is yet to come. come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this message, we encourage you to spread the word. Share with your friends and family on social media and make sure you subscribe to hear a new message every week. Really love the message? Well, we wanna hear from you. Make sure to leave us a review below. Want more Freedom House content? Follow us on Instagram at freedomhouse.com and subscribe to Freedom House Church on YouTube. We hope you are equipped to experience all that God has for you this week, and we'll see you for our next Freedom House Church weekend message.